is up, everybody? This is Keith Jameson. Go back to Guy 231 across the industry. We are back after a two-week hiatus from the EPL for international break. The last European international break for a bit of time. Um, really looking forward to this six-game EPL site on Saturday. Um, it's just been a while, I feel like, since we've had six games. Like, a really long time. And not only do we have six games, so a really good way to diversify lineups, spread out ownership, but we don't have big favorites. We have one really like over money favorite in Manchester United going to Watford. They're at minus 27, no totals over three. So this is going to be a slate where you build up floors. Goals are going to be dispersed. They should not be like super high owned, maybe except for one goat. Cristiano Ronaldo might be the one that has a lot of ownership. We'll talk about him in a minute. It's going to be a cool slate to change up lineups, go different directions. I think I have a few plays that a lot of people might not be on for you. So yeah, let's just jump right into it. Just a quick reminder though, before we do that, to like, subscribe, and comment on this video on the Mayo Media Network really helps um, reward Pat for getting soccer on this channel, Pat and his team. So I cannot thank them enough for the opportunity. And if you are on the pod feed, make sure that you Check out Daily Fantasy Picks and Bets and Mix. So much great content coming. All the NFL, hockey. I think there's a little bit of golf going on. Just whatever you need for your fantasy endeavors, Pat and his team has. And then finally, if that's not enough, you want more content, or you want to hear me for some reason anymore, check my channel out at FSI DFS. Would love to see you over there as well. All right, ads are done. Let's get into the action. So we go over the games and then we'll get into players. So Manchester United is the biggest favorite on the slate, as alluded to, minus 187, going to Watford, 2.75 total. Next biggest slate on this, or next biggest favorite on the slate is Villa. Now Dean Smithless Villa, plus 145 at home to Brighton, whopping two and a quarter total. Then we have a lot of like pretty, a couple of two away favorites. Slight favorites. Um, Norwich is plus 270. Southampton's around plus 110. Um, two and a half total. We have Wolves plus 211. Means West Ham's in that 140, 150 range, two and a half. Then we have two very, very even games. We have Newcastle at home plus 175 to Brentford, 2.5 total. And then Burnley at home, Hope St. Palace. I wrote that abbreviation wrong down on my notes. <laughs> so it took me a second. P-A-L, I'm like, who in the heck is that? Plus 186 to Palace, two and a quarter total. So let's start at the top. Probably one of my favorite DFS players. And if you watch these videos, you know this by now, but James Ward-Prowse at 9,100. God, there is nothing that James Ward-Prowse does that I don't like. He is aggressive tackler, monopoly set pieces, gets penalty kicks, and just Southampton at times can get into these scripts where it's just a very very good for James Ward Prowse's corner prowess. I said Prowse prowess. Maybe we just figured something out there. But on top of all that too, direct free kicks is always a bonus for James Ward Prowse because he truly might be the, the world's best direct free kick taker. So you get goal equity off the dead balls too. It's pretty much everything that we could possibly want. And then on top of that, a really really good matchup away to Norwich who has been very, very leaky on defense. It's allowing a ton of shots and additionally allows a lot of corners. So everything we could possibly want from Chief Tour Press to any 100, he's a lock and load in my lineup. 
as well as Bruno Fernandez at 8,900, especially with Luke Shaw still kind of dealing with the Nick. I'm doing this very, very early on Friday morning. By the time this probably posts, we should know from the press conferences if, if Luke Shaw is available. But if he's not, um, I guess, I was going to say, maybe Bruno gets some monopoly set pieces. I guess Alex Tejas will come in and we'll split sets. But Bruno, even whether he's on sets or whether he's not, his floor is just crazy. You know, you're looking at double-digit four, especially as a favorite away to Watford, who Watford's going to invite pressure and try to hit on the counter. Kind of an awesome thing versus United because – We've seen in the situations where United has control, they can struggle to score, which is going to be a big deal when we talk about Ronaldo in a minute. But those are also the games that Bruno Fernandes can go absolutely bananas in because he just starts, you know, United, when they are lacking ability to get through, they resort to just crossing the ball, like a crazy amount of crossing the ball, especially when you have a guy like Ronaldo in the middle who's so good at his head. And then let's say that they, let's it'd be interesting to see if they start like a Cavani or if they decide to go Greenwood, or if they decide to go um, Rasher with um, with Ronaldo, but if they go Cavani, that's two guys um, with with uh, uh, serious uh, aerial threats. And then on corners, you have a guy like Harry Maguire who scored two times in break there as well. All that being said, all that is plus for Bruno, who then has more of a reason to try to cross the ball in the box. Obviously, every cross is worth 0.7 get a head on it, that's 1.7, get a goal. Now, all of a sudden, that's 7.7 from one action. You can see how those points can, can get going real quick. On top of that, Bruno takes three kicks. As we said, he takes some corners. And also, is a very, very active shooter. I honestly think Bruno Fernandez is mispriced here. I was expecting when I opened the slate to be about 10.5, so 8,900 looks like a, an absolute gift. Cristiano Ronaldo, I think, decides this slate in so many ways because – one, he's probably a little underpriced for the odds, for the name. Like in past years, if we had, you know, interleague slate with Cristiano Ronaldo, you would just hit the button and move on. Probably just hit the button here and move on. But you know, Cristiano Ronaldo has not shown the Ronaldo floor of past years. And it used to be Ronaldo, especially as a favorite, seven, eight, nine shots, three, four fouls drawn. Of those shots, two or three are on goal. Whether he scored or not or got an assist or not, you're looking at 11, 12 DK. And that's just not what we've seen on these logs, right? Um, he's doing a little bit better in Champions League. But he is becoming more and more of a reliant goal-scoring striker. And you would look and you go as a minus 189 favorite, solid favorite, but 2.75 total, are you locking in a goal-dependent striker? Typically, my style and a lot of cash player styles is not to. Right. And then if you go in GPP and you go, if the striker is going to be 40% owned, a goal dependent striker, do you want a piece of that or do you want to fade it? You probably want to fade it. All this being said, I'm tearing down at my holder for cash and I have Cristiano Ronaldo in. So I think this is the reasons why it's going to be, he's going to make or break the slate. Um, if you have a goal notification, you know, I, I, one of my tests for like, is a guy a pretty decent play? If a goal notification happens on the biggest favorite on the team that you think is going to score. Who do you expect it to be, right? If it's Manchester United, if you say that it's anybody but Ronaldo that you're expecting for the goal notification, you're lying. You, if you see a goal notification, you're expecting it to be Ronaldo, which kind of stands the test of he's probably a decent play. So that's where I'm at on Ronaldo. But it just, again, if you fade him and he doesn't score, you're, you're going to be in amazing shape with any of those players that you do, which is probably going to be cheaper. 
score at or above the amount of points as Ronaldo, you're in phenomenal shot shape. Emmy Buendia at 7,300, I think is a really interesting midfield play. Coming into the season, DFS players that, or DFS soccer players that we've been playing for years, we were so excited for Emmy Buendia to be back. You know, he was in our lives two years ago at Norwich, was absolutely phenomenal, just lock and load, double digits, going to a better team in Villa. You go, okay, is he going to fill that Jack Relish role? It's been a struggle so far. We have a new manager turnover. We finally had the Emmy Buendia game. We were expecting almost 15 DK without a goal or assist. Just tons of fouls drawn, tackles, share set pieces. He's splitting with Leon Bailey. He'll shoot the ball in that number 10 position. Just, again, somewhat like WordPress. Just almost everything we could possibly want in a DFS player, he does. That's Emmy Buendia. Plus matchup at home versus Brighton. And, you know, I, I, I say that. I don't even know if I want to go that far because Brighton's a really good team. Brighton also likes possession. I would say it's a neutral matchup at home versus Brighton with 7,300 for two years ago's Emmy Buendia. That's a steal. If we have even a piece of that going forward, we're in great shape. Dwight McNeil at 6,900 is one of my favorite forward eligible plays. Uh, I talked a ton about Dwight McNeil on this show. Um, He's just a crosser. He does like to shoot the ball, takes his share of set pieces, and he's always a little bit cheap. I always, when I think of Dwight McNeil, I go back to the floor game that he put up versus City a couple of weeks back when he put almost 10 DK at City in a losing effort. Like, that just doesn't happen. So getting Burnley at home versus Palace, this is a game that Burnley has to have circled, that they need points, right? They need at least one point. They want three. When you're a team in the relegation battle, you don't get too many opportunities for a beatable team at home. I like Palace. Palace is playing good football, but Burnley totally has it, has it on their radar that this is a game that can take points versus City at home or Liverpool at home or Chelsea at home or any of those teams away where they're just looking to go, my God, if we get one, we are stoked, right? So this is a game that Burnley needs points in. Dwight McNeil is their creative outlet. He split sets with Ashley Westwood and is by far their biggest threat out on the wing. One thing we know about Burnley is when they get the ball in the attacking half and they get it out to one of the wings, that ball is going to get crossed to Chris Wood, to, you know, Ashley Barnes on, on set pieces to the center backs. Like that is how Burnley plays old school football, cross the ball in the box, see what happens. Hopefully it's in the back of the net. So I like to recommend McNeil a lot at 6,900. Matt Ritchie, another big time crosser of the ball. Um, sometimes a split set situation, sometimes all of it, depending on Shelby, depending on if Ryan Frazier is in. We've seen Sean Longstaff take some, but Matt, Matt Ritchie always has a piece, plays the left wing back role. Newcastle is, um, it's really a neutral matchup versus, versus Brentford. This is again, though, for Newcastle, with all that money infusion, very similar to Burnley. In the relegation battle, Brentford is playing bad football right now. They are a coming to Newcastle, this should be a game that Newcastle either wins or gets points in. So again, favored fullback, sub 6,000, crosses of all time, set piece. Like you start hitting all these check boxes of players that we love. I really like Matt Ritchie as kind of a building block. I think he becomes incredibly easy to get to if you fade Ronaldo. If you put Ronaldo in there, depending on who else you're, you're fading, you might have a little bit of difficulty getting there. That's at least what I saw in my builds. Ryan Outnuri. I'm sorry, I, I skipped Aaron Cresswell. Aaron Cresswell, slight favorite on the road to Wolves, who's been very, very DFS friendly for opponents. Aaron Cresswell 
lost a few set pieces to Pablo Fornals last or two weeks ago versus Liverpool. That said, all season long, he has been the guy, like the Mr. Consistent for West Ham, who's one of the better teams in the EPL. First, Wolves, who's been not one of the better teams in the EPL, right? So we got a plus matchup. We've got a guy that plays fullback, crosses the ball, that gets set pieces. We're in the same situation as Matt Ritchie. That's why they're on this list. They're going to give us really good floors, potentially, you know, clean sheet upside. Aaron Cresswell, 5,500, really do like. Ryan Altnori, 4,900, same mold as Richie and Aaron Cresswell. He's a wingback, set pieces, also likes to cross the ball in open play. These guys are so valuable because DraftKings algorithm for the longest time, and still is this way, always underprices defenders for their floor. DraftKings doesn't want to make a $10,000 defender. It just never happens. Trent Alexander-Arnold is the closest one. But you take some of these defenders' productions, right? Just look at their game logs. If you put them at midfield, their price would go up 1000 to 1500 So that's why so often when we get really, really top-end fullbacks or guys that are very DFS-friendly, we you'll notice in cash and optimal builds, a lot of the regular players will put in three defenders because you go, if those guys were midfielders, it would be 1000 to $2,000 more. So I'm just going to take advantage of the pricing algorithm and give myself extra defenders. So Ryan Outnuri, same mold as Cresswell and Richie. Wingback has a share set piece. This with Jao Moutinho. He's also very attacking. Tyreek Lamptey is the final defender I'm on here. I really like these defenders. And I don't necessarily think that they're going to come like super high owned. Alex Teus would be on this list too if Luke Shaw is out because they're a big favorite at home. Or I'm sorry, favorite on the road to a team that's going to bunker and he always shares set pieces. So you can consider Alex Teus on this list. Just didn't want to use up a spot in case Luke Shaw is in. Luke Shaw, if he's healthy, would be on that list too. He splits set pieces with Bruno Fernandez as well. Tyreek Lamptey, 4,100, former Chelsea kid, an absolutely electric player, one of the fastest guys in the EPL, had 8.7 DK in his, in his last start. He may finally be fit for 90. And then in a sub-appearance versus City, 7.5 DK in 33 minutes. I've always loved Tyreek Lamptey. We ha- haven't had him in our lives for over a year due to injury. So 4.1K, this is going to be one of the final times we get him under 5K. Finally, for a pure punt, I was very, very surprised to see Thomas Sushek at 3,200. The guy in 11 games this season has 19 shots. Um, one, of my, one of my friends, Alex Hooper, make sure you check him out on the FSI channel with his Golazo show um, with GPP picks, but showed me a stat a few weeks back that of all midfielders in the EPO, I think Thomas Suchek was either number one or number two versus most times into the box. So for scoring opportunities, and we're looking at 3,200, 200 above the minimum price for a midfielder. Um, depending on your build, you might need a punt. Thomas Suchek gives you goal upside. Also just a really good player. Will get some tackles, some fouls drawn. Has a chance to get you five, six DK floor on top of the goal upside. So like Thomas Suchek at 3,200. All right, that's 10 picks couple more mixed in there, some strategy, hopefully everything you need to succeed tomorrow. I really do appreciate everybody for watching. If you want to find more of my content, again, make sure you check out FS, at FSIDFS. Um, if not, you can find me on Twitter at GatorGuy231. Please, if I leave with nothing else, um, if you are on the Mayo channel, thank Pat and um, the team for getting soccer on this platform by giving this video a like and a comment and subscribe. It really all does help with that. I'll say, see you.